Welcome, Welcome back, back to our, our podcast, podcast dysfunctional. dysfunctional. Okay, that was a good intro. Yeah. Why'd you say it like that, though? Because we're very much dysfunctional. How many times have we had to, like, how many retakes did we have to do um, to get the perfect intro? We're on our seventh one right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, we're starting off the podcast, this week's podcast, really bright and beautiful. Um... We start off with food and drinks. What do we have on yeah, deck right now? We have some large pizza from Domino's. Mm-hmm. Two chicken alfredos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two chicken alfredos and some boba. Man. We were really hungry. So we decided to grab some food before we started this episode. And if you hear me chewing, um, that's just me eating my bread ball. Just smack like lower. What if I just eat like this with your mouth open no hi anyways sorry that was a car anyways how's um your day been going allison anything um happened recently um, this week or anything you want to like talk about real quick my day's been pretty good but i do want to talk about a black young man jordan who was attacked in quincy illinois by steve oh my god wait i'm so sorry for interrupting but i didn't expect you to say something really yes he was it was a racist attack apparently he was a trump supporter and he just beat him and it hasn't gotten a lot of press i guess because it wasn't that big but i still think it should be talked about Oh my god. But his name is Jordan and it was in Quincy Williams and the attacker was Steve Williams Holman. How old were they? Um, it doesn't say, but the man that attacked him looked about around his thirties and the young man looked around his twenties. Holy shit. When was that again? Um, I recently found out <clears throat> about it this morning. I'm not sure exactly when the attack took place, but I saw it on Instagram, and I'm trying to spread the word about it. Oh, my God. That shit's actually crazy. Really? What yeah. did he get attacked for? Um, it was a racist attack. He was just a Trump supporter, and he was a young black man walking on the street. And did he, he say Did the Trump supporter say anything? Um, I'm pretty sure, but nothing was caught on video. But there were witnesses and stuff that saw what happened. But no one really recorded anything. Oh, my God. Is the guy who got attacked okay? Is he hospitalized or anything? Um, He's not hospitalized. He's okay. I think he just has a bunch of bruises on his face, scratches, and, like, marks that the man caused. Holy fuck. Yeah. Imagine we got attacked because of our identity. It could happen. I mean, it's not like it doesn't happen regularly right. or subtly. But holy shit, I hope that dude is doing good. Yeah. And fuck that guy who attacked him. I hope he gets jail. He deserves it. I mean, he was a white man, so probably not. You know? Okay, let's talk about it real quick. Since we're like Privilege. already on the topic. But like, fuck white people. I don't, I wouldn't say fuck all white people. Just fuck the people, fuck the white people who like, who are racist. Like, what? what's the point of that? Why can't we just all live together? Like, Okay, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, to be, okay. To be fair, not not all white people. I feel like that's like um, yeah. I feel like that's a given. Like we should already yeah. assume that. But like, they still benefit like off of like white privilege and like the systems that of are built course. for them, though. But I mean, that's not their fault. They didn't ask to be born white, so. I don't think anyone's asked to be born anything. Mm-hmm. Nor do people ask to get 
beaten for like their identity. Of course. So I mean, I still think fuck white people. But hey, that's just me. <laughs> wow, we started the podcast really like on a dark note. Yeah. Okay, let's get a little bit happier. Um. So like, this week for me, right? Oh, actually, no. This may not be a happy thing because it was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously a lot of shit happens on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this incident with James Charles. I'm pretty sure you know who James Charles is, right? Yeah, I know. I know who James Charles is. So yeah, James Charles, um, the beauty guru on yeah. YouTube, and he's now on TikTok too. He's very famous. He, yeah, mm-hmm. he has like, like a lot of followings and shit. Um, he basically got into like this whole scandal with like 15 men or boys. Um, minors actually, um, and they all accused him of like unsolicited, excuse me, pictures of like his mm, body parts. Yeah, and they, I I heard about it. This isn't the first time James Charles has been called out for that. Yeah, how has he not like um got in jail for it? Right, it's probably because he's young and famous and he has money. So it's like even if they were to put him in jail he can bail himself out or he can have people bail him out so it wouldn't would it really matter that shit is so fucked like he's a fucking criminal and people need to realize that not even him too there was also do you know who david dobrik is he's also been in oh my god altercation like that fuck but, david but, but with women yeah um, a few women have been raped by I forgot, it was one of David's friends, and they were coming at him. Oh, wait, mm, David, the guy on YouTube, right? The big, yes, the, the one who gives out free, uh, uh, yeah, like Tesla. free stuff and everything, like free houses, free cars. He always does cars, it's mm-hmm. um, vlog squad or something like that. But people know who David Dobrik is, but him, um, Trisha Payton, I think, Payton's, yeah, mm-hmm. her, um, she came out talking about it too. And there was three young ladies who, um, went into the house and everybody that was in there mm-hmm. knew what was going on but no one really did anything mm-hmm. and they basically intoxicated them with alcohol mm-hmm. and i forgot the name of the the rapist but dom oh dom, oh, dom. Mm-hmm. um he was the one mm, his name they, that he goes by and the box dom. was dirty dom dirty dom mm-hmm. oh wow I, I didn't know that but um he was basically the person who raped these girls and they came out talking about it and david did too he had an apology video oh my god i see that i saw it too and i was like i don't even know what to think like i stopped watching you guys a long time ago okay 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 because i was like it was kind of you know i never watched him and i'm proud to say that i never ever watched him in my life i watched it just because i did think that their vlogs were funny like especially um zane and heath Mm -hmm. i think that they're just funny i really think that out of the group they're genuine people um Mm -hmm. They're the most genuine people on in that mm-hmm. squad, but I don't even think Dom is facing any like charges or anything. I haven't heard yeah. anything. You want to know something that um, both of these cases, James Charles and David Redobrick, that they have in common? Mm. They're both white men. Oh, yeah. And they're both rich and famous. They have all this privilege, and they get away with everything. They have not gotten any type of consequence except for the scrutiny that they deserve publicly online. Uh, nothing else like no criminal charges no anything and it's absolutely crazy is that a wrapper on your boat <laughs> yeah but i chewed on ice and it hurt yeah these people they gotta go mm-hmm. i don't know who made them famous we made them famous yeah, I, I mean really i don't like them yeah you remember oh my god okay before we move on mm-hmm. one more note 
And and I know this is like we started out the podcast like with like two dark notes, like yeah. James Charles and David Dobrik. But I feel like we should keep going because yeah. like we need to talk about it, and people need to know. Yeah. Um, Wait, before you say something, I just want to make it aware that May is coming up, and that is um, what is it? It's like the Woman Awareness. I don't like the no, it's in May. Like the, I forgot the actual title of it, but it's basically awareness for a moment. Like, you know, the rape things that have been going oh, on sexually, lately. Uh-huh. Yeah, sexual assault or something aware. Yeah, I say, yeah. rape. And it's coming up, and I just wanted to mention that. Because mm-hmm. we were on the topic of a rape yeah, case good that note. happened. So, one more thing before we move on. I'm just start off our podcast. By the way, this, the, oh my god. This Red Bull is so good. Like, I'm devouring it. I know. That's, like, really unhealthy because, like, it's a shit ton of carbs. But I can't, like, stop. Like, I'm... It's my drug. It's not like you eat it every day, so... Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, one more thing. Um, remember that drama get thing that happened in 2019 with James Charles, Tati Westbrook, and Jeffree Star? Mm-hmm. I want to make a connection. I have Tati and Jeffree Star both called out James Charles for being a fucking predator and a danger to society. And nobody, nobody, nobody took- did anything. Like, yeah. Nothing. Ha- the most that happened was um, James Charles losing followers, but he literally gained those back in like a week. Exactly. They literally tried to warn us. I mean, I don't really like Tati or Jeffree Star because Jeffree yeah. Star is a criminal himself. Yeah, right. And Tati um, Westbrook seems like a manipulator. They're all, they're all grimy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But but I never liked them. Yeah, I never liked them either, especially Tati. and Because um, Tati seems like, um, again, a master manipulator. And mm-hmm. Jeffree Star is a, a criminal. Like, it's all. Yeah. It's and he's a racist and transphobe. So there's that. Um, but they called him out for being a predator in church society. And nobody took them seriously. Which I can get why. But they really tried to warn us. And we didn't take their warning um, seriously at all. Mm-hmm. So. Now we can move on. Um, we got all that out the way. Oh my god, I'm like lucky little full. So don't eat one. No, but it's like really good. I don't want to waste food. You know, like this food, like it's really important that we finish, and like we really appreciate the food. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Me, um, of this class, it reminded me of this square, uh, this class I took on Squarespace, um, about food sovereignty. And I know when you hear the word food sovereignty, right, you must be really puzzled. Do you know what it is? Um, no, but I have a basic idea. But what's the exact definition of it? Mm. So, there's I don't have an exact definition of food sovereignty, but what do you think based off of what you hear? Um, based off of when you hear the term food sovereignty, what do you think it means? Off of your, what do you think it means? Um, I think it's basically an agricultural system. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all I think of, but. Okay, that's like, um, I think that's part of it. So the agricultural systems that you speak of, it's essentially the public owning it instead of private industries and private organizations that control it. So it's like essentially... I like to call it socialism, but food. So food socialism. You notice how in the concept of socialism, 
um, in, uh, industries and, and property are owned by the public, not by private in, uh, private organizations. Yeah. It's essentially like that. People own the food system. They know where the food comes from, how it's produced, um, where it's grown, who has access to it, and all that great stuff. That's essentially food sovereignty, like having power within the food that we eat and the food that we um, produce. Right, so basically taking control of our food. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the food that we're eating right now, it reminds me of how important it is for people to have food um, sovereignty, like have food power, right? Mm -hmm. And it really got me thinking and really curious about what does food sovereignty look like in other countries? So I was like researching and I was like searching up various countries. I looked up Brazil. I looked up uh, Israel. I looked up um, Turkey and all these other foreign countries that I don't really know much about. And I wanted to learn what does food systems look like in that country. And so one country that I looked at specifically as I was randomly searching around was China. And one of China's major problems is its inhumane treatment of its farmers. Specifically how um, China's farmers can't escape poverty. And one of the reasons as to why um, China's farmers can't escape poverty is the insane taxing. Like, it's actually crazy. Um, I'm going to reference the article. It says that, quote, farmers are poor but often pay proportionally more taxes than everyone else. Um, It also states that... um, that taxes often eat up more than half of a farmer's annual income. So after hearing that from the article, what what idea or what reason do you what's the cause of like this major tax and why do you think it's happening? Um, the first thing that comes to my mind honestly is the government. I think that the government relies a lot on having a lot of money, so they basically take money from their farmers in order to enrich themselves. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And if they're desperate, they'll really... I know that in China right now, or recently, they've cut... Um, uh, they've eliminated all of the farmers' taxing or um, reduced it. Yeah. And why? why? Why is that? Well, because at first, there was they were being taxed way too much. Yeah. But I think that they're basically pocketing the rest of the money. Mm-hmm. You know? Because governments are just grimy like that. So, actually, side note... China is often branded as a communistic country, and that's simply not true. Their practices and methods often reflect those of capitalistic ideals. Notice how they always profit off of their citizens, their suffering specifically, and how they're always, always finding methods to exploit them, especially when it comes to labor. Right, and I think that that's basically because they're selfish. Like, yeah. if it's benefiting the government, specifically if it's just benefiting them, they're going to do whatever they can. Yeah, and actually on that note about how capitalistic they are and how they mm-hmm. profit off of the people, um, the article also states that the, gov- quote, the government monopolizes grain harvests and often prevents farmers from selling their crops on the open market. And so that way the farmers they don't get much they don't get much of anything they don't get a profit they can't sell anything and so it's essentially a combination of capitalism and selfishness um that prevents these farmers from like escaping poverty and that's actually crazy because these farmers are the people like producing and providing all of like the nourishment that people people eat in china and they're and they're so underappreciated and they're so poorly mistreated right and i think that because it's farming and it's such a popular thing that 
farmers don't get a lot of recognition for their hard work because farming, although it sounds simple, there's a lot of components that go into it. And it's just a very hard thing to do, you know? Yeah. I also feel like why farming is, like, really popular is because, like, it's easier to become a farmer. And I'm not trying to, like, um, uh, uh, minimalize the hard work of farmers in China, but it's probably more easy to become a farmer than a doctor or a nurse because some of China's citizens may not have the resources to acquire such a title or such a position um, because of the major income gap between um, citizens, you know? Right, and it would make so much sense for them to just work as a farmer because they still need a source of income and if they can get it from farming, even if it's not that much, they're, they're gonna do it. Right. So, apart from, like, the major taxing that hap- that takes place um, within China, um, another reason as to why uh, farmers can't escape poverty is because of land rights. Um, they technically own the land that they grow the food on and, like, nurture cattle and whatnot, but they actually don't have much say when it comes to, like, the control of the land. So they have rights, but they can't really use it or they can't really practice their rights because the Chinese government doesn't value um, their rights as much. You know, like, it's there, but they can't really use it. You know what I mean? Right, and I find that very... I don't know, it's just ridiculous because they're the ones uh-huh. doing all the work, but right. the government is basically taking over and saying... You're working on this land, but you don't own this land, and you can't say what happens to this land. Yeah, they don't have much of a voice, do they? Right. It's so corrupt. It's so fucked. Because, like, imagine not being that grateful of people who work there. You know what I mean? So, they're the ones providing the food for you, and you're not going to at least give them a voice. Right. You're not going to even acknowledge. You're not going to even acknowledge their their rights. Their contributions to society to your family to your mouth you know what i mean right they're not valued enough yeah not valued whatsoever so so after hearing about all these reasons as to why farmers can't escape poverty and how poorly they are mistreated you 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 think the government the chinese government would do something about it right to do something to assist their people alleviate the suffering and pain that they're all experiencing right i mean i would expect any responsible government to help um close that gap between the income but as i said before governments are grimy and they're not gonna help so unfortunately no the chinese government the regime currently does not want to do anything um one of the reasons as to why is because, you know, they want to profit. So they're not, you know, if they're, there's this industry where they profit majorly um, a lot from, where they profit a lot from, they're not going to change their ways because a couple people are suffering and dying, you know. They're going to keep it and maintain it because that's how they maintain power and that's how they attain obtain power. That's how they obtain global economic dominance for so many years. They're actually one of the top three countries that have one of the biggest and strongest economies. You know how um, they're responsible for, like, the majority of, like, our items? Yeah. Yeah, they exploit workers to make those items. And then that's how, like, you know, they've had so much success uh, worldwide with, like, trading, bargaining, selling, buying, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They Their presence in the global market space is so big. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that governments um, really only care about profit and mm-hmm. benefiting themselves. So mm-hmm. if they're able to get all this money you know that means power money basically is power to a lot of people especially people like the government so if they're able to keep this power you know they'll be at the top be able to hold that power for a very long time and be able to stay at the top 
and be in control. Yeah, and to expand on that, actually, um, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone is aware of this by now, but and believe it. Well, most people believe it, but our current climate crisis, it's actually impacted um, Chinese farm workers within China um, disproportionately because it's become harder to grow crops. It's harder to maintain crops and nurture animals because of the really rapid change in climate. And and it's obviously like it's obviously a very big issue for everyone. And I'm sure China's government acknowledges that um, because they signed on to the Paris Agreement, um, which is an agreement um, that was established and ratified within Paris, where countries would take on initiatives to mitigate, adapt and finance um climate change. So they signed on to it, but they haven't really taken any initiative that was reflective or um, what was promised in that treaty, uh, in that agreement at all. Um, And they know that their farmers are negatively impacted by this, but they still choose not to do anything. And it really speaks volumes to both of our sentiments that we shared about how they only care for profit and they don't really care about assisting their citizens because if, if they assist their citizens, obviously that means financing, finances are involved and that means money, you lose money. And so they value more more money uh, over the lives of their very um, uh, over the lives of their very um, hardworking and contributive citizens. Um, and so for that reason, after learning about like why, how ch- far- ch- farmers in China are treated, what do you think should happen um, to, to like rectify, solve the problem? I think the main cause of the problem, not only everything else we've discussed, but I, I feel like the root of the problem is the government. Mm-hmm. I think that the government needs to be more involved not with the intentions of just trying to get money, but with good intentions. Like, they should reinstate their tax or at least decrease them more. But um, I just think that the government needs to be more involved into it. Just for the fairness of the farmers, because they do put in a lot of work. Um, and they need money. They need money to um, live. They need money to provide for their families and themselves. Um, so I do think that the government does need to play a part, but with good intentions. Yeah, I feel like um, my solution would have something to do with the government, too. Specifically, um, I I think abolishing the current regime and, like, abolishing the current economic and political uh, um, structure or, or, uh, yeah, structure that they use. So instead of being capitalistic, they should be, like, socialist, like, really socialist and take a socialist approach. So, like, maybe turning everything over to the, the people who actually contribute to these industries, like the farmers, or other people who who do hard work not like those in power because clearly they're not helping and they're not doing anything to alleviate the burden of their people and the sentiment that i'm sharing um it's also it's also the same one shared in the article um it's under the heading um quote needed improvement for farmers in china it says many think that the thing that would help farmers the most and help spur the economies in rural areas would be the fulfillment of Mao's vision to turn over private ownership of land to the peasants. Mao being um, a primary activist or a prominent activist within China um, fighting on behalf of farmers. And I feel like that's just a really good idea because more power to the people, they get to choose what they want to do and how they think and, and, and control things in order... Um, their needs and whatnot you know right i think a socialistic approach would also give the farmers more power and their voice would be heard way more than it is now
So we learned a lot today um, discussing the articles that we found, well, I found, and really like diving into what is currently happening in China or what's still taking place. Um, because obviously these incidents, these things aren't, they aren't new. They're here, they're ongoing. Um, so, I mean, I, I learned a lot and I really feel for those farmers in China. What about you? Right. Um, I agree. I did learn a lot today, but I also keep in mind that, um, although today's topic was China, a lot of countries are going through this and there needs to be a change. But yeah, it was um very interesting to go into depth about what's happening in China's agricultural system right now. So thank you guys so much for listening, um, tuning in this week to our podcast, Dysfunctional. Tune in next week um, on the podcast, Dysfunctional, um, as we'll be talking about Wendy Williams' cankles and how this, this is, is Dysfunctional. dysfunctional. TTYL, XOXO. Beauty standard. And why you should take perform... <laughs> They're doing too much. <laughs>